What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Missing Persons. back everybody to another episode of speaking of missing persons and welcome to the new listeners before we get started a little bit of business we have two other podcasts you should definitely check out speaking of murder and speaking of hauntings if you like this you'll like those so go check those out if you want to see pictures associated with today's case check out our instagram at missing murdered haunted and you can find them on our facebook too missing murdered haunted podcast also hop on wherever you're listening to this Give us five stars. It really helps us out, and it helps more people find us. So hop on there, do that. And with all that said, Shauna, tell us about a missing person. This is actually relatively new, like February 2022 new. Oh, wow. So this is just a few months ago. Interesting. I would love to see your guys, like hear your guys' take on this. Because reading through it, I have my own opinions. Your own theories? I don't know. It's just one. I feel like everybody might have the same one. Okay. Uh, her name is Sierra Breland. She is a 30-year-old woman with blonde hair, brown eyes. She's five foot and weighs about 120 pounds. She was born with health issues but fought to overcome them. Her mother said that she fought very hard to overcome them. She was happy, loving, energetic. She was very career-driven. Like, from a young age, she knew she wanted to be a lawyer. She grew up in Georgia, and her whole life wanted to live in Atlanta. She attended the University of Tennessee and then went to the Florida State University for Law. She worked very hard and made her dreams come true. She became a lawyer. She specialized in insurance defense. And, yeah, I know. Sounds dreadful. I mean, is that what, just fighting against insurance claims? I would would assume. Same. Yeah. I don't... I would think that it would be... Or maybe fighting for people who... You know, murdered their spouses and claim insurance. <laughs> I doubt it, Shauna. I was just saying. No, I'm sure it's like people who let their car insurance relapse and or whatever. She was a very family-focused individual. It was family and her career above everything else in her life. She would spend hours a day on the phone with her dad. She even spoke to her cousin pretty much every day. They were described as best friends. As she got older, she was described as very outgoing, like sports and movies. Her father, Nick, was quoted saying, and she was really fun until about a year ago. So about a year ago, she married a a man named Xavier. Okay, hold on. So an insurance defense lawyer... Pretty much, it says, 
their role is important in preserving the insurance system and the rights of policyholders. And the bottom line is they root out fraudulent claims. Yeah, so like the, what when I looked it up, it basically said that it works for the insurance company, whether directly or contracted right. through a to firm. Keep people from, I would say, like workman's comp, things like that. Or, you know, filing claims if their spouse has been killed. Untimely death. So it might not be that boring, actually. It might be a pretty cool kind of lawyer to be. You know what? It might be. It depends on the insurance claim, I'm sure. So she got married a year ago. Yeah. She had gotten married a year ago to a man named Xavier. She met Xavier Breland in Georgia. She represented him in court. Now, what she represented him in court for was basically a whole bunch of things that he was doing to his ex-wife, like stalking and being um, aggressively violent towards Yeah, but how would she do that if she's not that kind of lawyer? She just specialized in insurance claims and things. I'm sure she could have done this. Interesting. Yeah, that's my understanding is that the lawyers can generally do whatever. Anything, they just pick a specialty. Yeah, right. it's kind of like a, a general doctor can do a lot of different stuff, but they'll usually specialize in one thing, but they can still do general doctoring or whatever. And a lawyer. <laughs> general doctoring. Yeah, general doctoring. And a lawyer can do the same thing. They pass the bar in that state. They're, you know, able to practice law in that state for whatever that state's laws are, or federal laws, whatever. Yeah, but I'm assuming they, it's like a doctor where they specialize so that they don't have to have all of that information yeah. piled mm-hmm. inside their brain. Yeah, and they're going to be better at that specialization right. than other things, but, I mean, they can still do them. Maybe this also had something to do with insurance. I don't know. It just said that she was representing him on charges like putting a camera in his six-year-old daughter's teddy bear to spy on his ex-wife or aggressive stalking or things like that. I'm curious if you're representing a guy who's doing all of these things. Why would you marry him? Yeah, is my my thought. That's a question I thought inside my head. Yeah, that was my immediate thought. Uh... Well, I mean, but I guess she her job is to try to is proving that he did not do those things. So she must believe that he did not do those things. That would make sense. They married in 2020. The couple moved to Carmel, Indiana in 2021. They picked Carmel because that's where Xavier's father had lived, still lives. Sierra even found a job there. She gave birth to their son at the end of uh, 2021, and everything was going pretty good until Sierra and Xavier, their five-year-old son, and Golden Doodle all hopped into their Volkswagen and headed to Georgia to see family. Wait, 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 wait. How does she have a five-year-old son if she just had a kid with him? 
You said five year. I meant five <laughs> month old son. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, that doesn't make a we lick all, of damn sense. We all heard years and we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Sierra, Xavier, their five month old son. Okay. Their golden doodle all hopped into the vaults their Volkswagen, and headed to Georgia to see family. Okay. Got it. They got into Cleveland, Georgia on February 19th, stopping at her dad's house first. Everyone that saw her said everything was great. She visited with nieces, nephews, cousins, the whole nine while she was there. She had also asked her dad if she could move back in with him because she didn't want to go back to Indiana. But... They said yes, of course, they loved her. She was more than welcome to stay with them. But she still got in the car and went to go visit Xavier's mother, which is just north of Atlanta. This would be the last time they would see her. Now, did she give any reason as to why she wanted to move back to Georgia? I'll explain it. And also, another question. What year did she represent him? Before, like, How long did they know each other before they got married? It never said. It just said that she did represent him at one point in time. Okay. I, th- I think the police are holding on to some things because of how new this case really is, but... Okay. It is believed that they drove 45 miles southwest to his family's house loaded, located in Johns Creek. They drove their white 2017 Volkswagen Tiguan... No. Tiguan. There you go. The plates were registered to Georgia with the number RMB 5869. It had an FSC law school frame plate like around it, which makes me think that it was her car. Sierra and her cousin had exchanged texts while she was at Xavier's mother's house about how she couldn't leave because Xavier wouldn't give the baby back to her. So she was refusing to leave because he was basically holding their son hostage from her, is the way that the text messages sounded. February 22nd, Sierra's cousin tried to call, but got no answer, which again is weird. They spoke pretty much every day. The 23rd of February, they were supposed to be making the drive back to Indiana, but family and police don't even think that she was in the car. Sierra was last seen on camera standing outside Xavier's mother's house in the neighborhood on February 24th. So they never actually left the 23rd. So a like one of the cameras that one of the neighbors had or she had, that's the last she's been seen. Okay, so it was actually on camera. It wasn't a neighbor saw her through a window. No, it was on camera. A sheer curtain or something. Right. It was on camera. She was standing outside the neighborhood, probably trying to get their son back. Now, this gets real sketchy. Sierra was reported missing on February 25th. And at this point, Xavier was in Indiana. He reported it to the, the Carmel police in Indiana. The report stated she had left her home in Carmel, Indiana at 10 p.m. wearing a black shirt and purple shorts when the weather was in the mid-20s, walked to a store that was close by, but she didn't take her son, dog, cell phone, work phone, burner phone, car, ID, or credit cards. Why would she have a burner phone? 
Her family said that that was in case of emergencies because of the way Xavier treated her. Like, it was like a hidden phone from him specifically. So, needless to say, they have a pretty shitty relationship. Yes. Really shitty, actually. But he's the one who reported her missing. Correct. And claims that she walked to this store at night wearing nothing in 22-degree weather. Yeah, it was like mid-20s. And she's just wearing a t-shirt and shorts? Yep, that's what he said. How Mm. far is this place from their house? It just said close by. Even if it was just like freaking 15 feet, who's going to walk there in shorts and a t-shirt in 20-degree weather? And don't even say me, Bobby. (laughs) No, not you. Me. No, I meant don't say me as in you. (laughs) The the whole issue with that is... Most girls... I feel like I'm going to say most girls would not do that. No, most girls wouldn't do that. At least they would have a coat on over their t-shirt and shorts. Yeah. My thing is, why was she going to the store if she had no money on her? What would be the purpose? True, I didn't even think of the fact that she didn't have money. She she literally didn't take her credit cards. She didn't take her cell phone, so it's not like she could use, like, Apple Pay. Hmm. The police checked the cameras for the store that Xavier said that she'd walked to, and she wasn't picked up on any of the cameras. Not going in, not coming out, none in the store, nothing. So they believe she was never even there. Sierra's family would describe Xavier as mentally and physically abusive. Sierra's cousin was quoted saying, he had shoved her into things, he would throw things at her when she was pregnant and when she was holding the baby, he hit her face with a gun, he bashed her head into a window while they were driving, he threatened to kill her and screamed at her. So he's an abusive man, according to their family. Sounds about right for somebody that was in court for doing all of those things to his ex-wife. Right. Sierra's cousin even turned over her phone to the police that had the text messages and video from Sierra. And she, her cousin, said that she was planning on leaving Xavier and had been basically since they moved to Indiana that she had been saving money for the last year so that she could move in with her family and still help take care of her son while she looked for a job and everything. Did any of the sources say where she was saving the money? No. They just said that she had been saving money. Well, because I'm sitting here going, you know, if it was in a savings account at the bank or if she was stashing cash in in a jar in the house somewhere or something like that, you know... I don't know. You would see some kind of activity if it was in in, in any kind of bank account, but if she's, you know, storing it in cash, like pulling a 20 out of the ATM every so often and just stashing it away somewhere, I don't know. Uh, You know, and everything said that Xavier had no idea that she was even planning on leaving, so... So to, that makes me think that, that he didn't know about mean, the money. I feel like he knew she was leaving. Maybe towards the end, yeah. Maybe he found the money. Who if, knows? If it was a cash thing. Yeah, who knows? who knows? Like I said, Xavier wasn't only like that with Sierra. He was like that with his ex-wife, which he shared two children with. And... On February 24th, Georgia police issued a warrant for his arrest. He is now being held without bail on 
aggravated stalking, violating a protection order, and sending a harass a harassing communication to his ex-wife. So wait, he's still harassing his ex? He was still harassing his ex-wife while being married to Sierra? Yeah, and if they issued the warrant on February 24th, that makes you think that that was the last time Sierra was seen. So that makes me think that he might have done something to Sierra and then immediately went to his ex-wife, which oh, lived in Georgia. to try to do something to her. To try to, and he violated the order of protection, causing the warrant to be issued. Issued. And then he oh. left Georgia and went back to Indiana. And immediately reported, reported Sierra missing. missing. Sources say that he either reported her the 25th or the 26th, but yeah, that's still just a day or two. Right. Well, yeah, the time it would take him to drive back to Indiana to Indiana from Georgia and sleep a little bit. So they're holding him without bail because he is the only suspect they have for this disappearance at all, which, understandable, sounds like he did it. Just it throwing my yeah, opinion out there. It definitely doesn't sound good. So... Good thing he's being held without bail, and he's already arrested for other things. Hopefully they can keep him there till they can prove something one way or the other. Right, because they're now looking for Sierra's body. That's what I'm thinking, yes. Probably they're... somewhere in Georgia. Right. Or somewhere in between Georgia, in between and, Georgia and, and Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. That's a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, it is. Yes. Unless you know the exact route he drove from one place to the other. Mm -hmm. Or they could be holding him on hopes to get a confession. I mean, they do say people confess faster when they're locked up. No, I'm sure they've got a photocopier around there somewhere. (laughs) Put that to good use. On the Carmel Police uh, Facebook page, there's an alert for her. Johns Creek... And the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, along with the FBI, joined in the search for Sierra. If anyone has any information, you can contact Corporal Roser. He uh, is, he's with Johns Creek Police at 678-372-8046. You can also contact Carmel Police at 317-571-571. 2580. You can talk to Crime Stoppers of Central Indiana at 317 262 8477. Or if you need to, you can contact the Georgia Bureau of Investigation at 1 800 597 8477. There's also a $10,000 reward for any information leading to finding Sierra. I'm wondering, does that make it a federal offense if they find her and she's murdered and it happened over states like it was a... Uh, yeah, I believe so. Once you cross state lines, it becomes a federal issue. Right. I think that's for any crime. I could be wrong, but I think if you're committing... No, I think it's for like any crime. Yeah. If you commit a crime like here and then you cross state lines, then it becomes a federal thing, right? I think so. Which would mean he would get a lot harsher punishment if she's found and she's not alive. Potentially. I don't know enough about that portion of the legal system to say for sure. I would also think that... I don't know. I just just know that 
it's a whole separate entity because I remember Robert Hansen wanting to be in federal prison and not a normal prison. Oh, I'm sure their prison system functions a little differently. And Um, I think, like, I don't know, I feel like it's the whole crossing state lines thing that causes it to be a federal offense. Yeah, but I think the laws themselves really aren't any different. I mean, it's the the same laws. It would just be an additional charge that would cause it to be federal of crossing a state line. Right. During the commission of or while trying to run away from. And it becomes like super complicated because you have multiple states involved because technically Georgia's involved, Indiana's involved. and Whichever states he went through in between. It, it, yeah, wherever he went in between. Especially if they find your body in, in one of those states. They could technically... Yeah, but they're, at this point, they're only... There's just an assumption that she is not alive. Yeah. Right. We're just saying if she's not, it yeah, would fall there's under nothing federal. Well, I think in right either now, case, she's just probably missing. federal. In either case, whether she's alive or not, I mean, if he's put would, her captive somewhere or whatever... you would think if she was alive, like, she would have talked to somebody... Unless unless she's in hiding, like unless she went into hiding because of how psycho he is. Yeah, but she would have taken her son. She loved him. Not if she couldn't get him back. I still feel like she would have at least tried. Which, where is their son? He went into um, uh, protective child cu- uh, custody. Her parents are fighting to try to get him out of it. Gotcha. So they're trying to get him like in Georgia with them. Right, but because he was probably arrested in Indiana, and that's where the baby was, they put him in protective custody. Right, and I'm praying that they absolutely 100% get him out of that, and that he is safe with them for the future, and hopefully Sierra is found and found alive. Fingers crossed. But I wanted to tell it, it was so new, maybe someone out there really does have information, and if you do, please contact one of these people, you can do it anonymously no one has to know who you are yeah i mean with us new it is, new as it is somebody might have seen the the volkswagen or anything like that help find sierra all right all right it's kind of it's really sad it is it's really sad they're all sad all missing person cases they are, are sad. really sad I feel bad for her family and her son yeah, because you know they're sitting there like, we shouldn't have let her get in the car that day. Right. But I get it. If somebody had my son and ref- was refusing to let me have him unless I went with them, I'd go with them. Same. All right. Well, if you liked that episode, let us know. Hop on wherever you're listening. Give us five stars. Share the episode. Share the show with your friends, your family, coworkers, whoever. Check out our other podcasts, Speaking of Murder and Speaking of Hauntings. Check out the Instagram for pictures at Missing Murdered Haunted. Uh, check out the Facebook, Missing Murdered Haunted Podcast. Does anyone have anything else they would like to add in? Oh my God, I would like to tell you that she literally, she looked so young. Like she didn't look 31 at all. Like I would say like maybe 18. All right, well on that note. All right, we'll see y'all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.